Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is your moment. Your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Falling in love is the best feeling in the world. You see stars, you feel giddy, but sometimes that makes you do crazy things. And sometimes that means murder. Just because a story starts out with Once Upon a Time doesn't mean it ends happily ever after. Welcome to Crazy in Love, a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. Today's guests are true crime producer Jeff Shane and journalist and podcast host Connor Powell. Connor is a journalist and podcast host whose latest podcast is Lords of Soccer, How FIFA Stole the Beautiful Game and the Largest Corruption Scandal in the World. He's also host of KT Studios' upcoming podcast, Death Island. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor M. Powell. Episode 45, The Case of the Horse Lover, The Good Dentist, and the Alienation of Affection. In the village of Clemens, North Carolina, with its many historical churches and sprawling parks, lived the Turner family. At the helm was Kirk, a well-respected and kind dentist who built his practice from the ground up. He had found success. His other half, Jennifer, was a gentle mother and a great friend. Together, the pair built a beautiful life, 
They had two children, Richie and Wendy, and a 10,000 square foot palatial chalet sitting on a 35 acre horse farm. They each had passions. Kirk's was collecting vintage Corvettes and guns. Jennifer's was horses. Over their marriage, Jennifer had amassed nine steeds and dreamt of starting a breeding business. On the outside looking in, the Turners had it all. But after 23 years of marriage, Kirk announced he was leaving Jennifer, and she was shocked. While Kirk denied having an affair, Jennifer was not convinced, so she hired a private investigator. The PI discovered that her husband had, in fact, been stepping out with the family's former banker, a woman named Tanya Colvin. Jennifer could have been enraged, but instead she was simply distraught. Jennifer could feel her loving husband and idyllic life slipping through her fingertips. Here's Jeff. The divorce didn't just shock Jennifer, but also their kids. Son Richie sided with his dad and moved in with him, and daughter Wendy was away at college but supported her mom. When Kirk found this out, he cut her off immediately. And there was a lot on the line with this divorce. Kirk made an annual salary of around $650,000. And as we know, they had a big house with a lot of nice things. So when Kirk moved out, Jennifer was suddenly in charge of this massive property, and she started to have to take care of everything on her own. She spent roughly 12 hours a day taking care of the house and the land. But she did end up getting some help. A judge ordered that her estranged husband, Kirk, pay her $30,683.61 a month. All of that really went to taking care of the horse farm and the land around it. Jennifer surprised everyone by also filing an alienation of affection lawsuit against the other woman. Connor, what even is an alienation of affection lawsuit? That's a good question because it's not something you hear a lot when it comes to murder cases. An alienation of affection lawsuit can be filed by a deserted spouse against a third party that he or she believes is responsible for the marriage's failure. While this type of tort has been abolished in most jurisdictions, there are still some states that allow an alienation of affection lawsuit to be filed. North Carolina is one of seven states that do allow this. In any case, the law states that to file suit, you must prove three things. There was love in the marriage, that the love was alienated and destroyed, and the defendant caused or contributed to the loss of love and affection. So basically, Connor, this alienation of affection lawsuit is that you can sue a mistress who you think destroyed your marriage, which is what Jennifer believed about Kirk's other woman. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. I mean, it seems to be some type of legal remedy against uh, a man or woman who one of the spouses thinks essentially ruined the marriage, right? I mean, that's essentially what the, the, the claim is. I would imagine anyone involved in this would find that a little petty. And according to the people who knew Jennifer best, Kirk was not pleased with this lawsuit. He was pressuring her to drop it, so much so that she felt threatened. At one point, Kirk told Jennifer, there's more than one way to end a marriage. Not surprisingly, Jennifer was a little bit scared. She started carrying around a gun, and she also brought mace into her bedroom and locked herself in the master suite at night with a baseball bat. What is your thought on marriages ending amicably or not so amicably? I mean, do people get driven to kind of desperate measures like threatening your spouse or suing the mistress? Well, 
you know, every marriage and relationship is different. But I think if um, if you're cheating on your spouse and you're also threatening about other ways to end a marriage, it's probably not a sign that you're in a healthy relationship to begin with. On September 12th, 2007, Kirk and Jennifer were still dealing with their impending divorce proceedings when family friend Greg Smithson called Jennifer asking if he could pick up a welder that was stored on the property. It was heavy, so Greg also wondered if Kirk could come and help. Jennifer said yes. Once there, the trio started figuring out how to move the welder. The conversation started to get personal, so Greg excused himself. According to Greg, about two or three minutes later, he heard screaming. Greg ran back to the shed and found Jennifer on the ground covered in blood. Kirk was also bleeding. Greg called 911. The 911 call is hard to understand, but we listened to it more carefully and can give you the play-by-play. In the call, Greg seems frantic as he explains to the dispatcher that Jennifer is bleeding excessively and that there is blood everywhere, but he can't tell where she's actually bleeding from. The dispatcher asks how she got cut, which Greg replies that he doesn't know. The dispatcher then asks him to ask Kirk what she does. We hear some muffled conversation, which we can assume is Greg asking Kirk what happened. Greg then returns to the 911 call and tells the dispatcher that it had something to do with a spear. Now at this point, the dispatcher is not surprisingly a bit confused to hear the mention of a spear. Jennifer had been nearly decapitated by a knife and bled out. Kirk was hospitalized from losing so much blood he required a blood transfusion. But what happened? According to Kirk, when Greg left, he presented a couple of legal documents to Jennifer. The first was a motion for an order that would force the sale of the farm. The second was an affidavit from Jennifer's first husband, whom she had been married to briefly before Kirk. According to the ex, the marriage fell apart because Jennifer was too obsessed with horses. Kirk said when he did that, Jennifer was enraged and attacked him, and that he had to fight back and kill her in self-defense. So Connor, this is where the story gets pretty wild. Kirk then said that Jennifer attacked him with a seven-foot long decorative spear that they kept in the shed. She apparently picked up the spear and stabbed him twice, once in the thigh and once again in the groin area. At 5'11", 187 pounds, Jennifer was strong and athletic, so it seemed possible that she could pick up and wield such a weapon. Kirk also kept a four-inch knife in his pocket, and he said he was able to pull it out and protect himself. But what ended up happening is he ripped the knife across her breastbone up to her neck, and Jennifer's trachea and windpipe were cut, and her jugular vein and corroded artery were hit. Her cervical spine was cut in two places. Officials began to find some inconsistencies. For starters, the blood told a very different story than Kirk was telling. An investigator said blood spatter was found on the work table in the shed, just inches above the floor. According to the report, had she been standing as Kirk said, blood would have sprayed all over the room. The investigator believed that Kirk knocked Jennifer down and stabbed her while she was on the ground. Officials also found that at the crime scene, both Kirk and Jennifer's blood had partially dried. The problem was that Kirk's blood was on top of Jennifer's, meaning that Jennifer had gotten stabbed first. The question remained, how did Kirk get stabbed? The police's theory was that Kirk ended up stabbing himself with the spear after killing Jennifer. 
in so many of these cases, you see somebody stab or shoot or beat somebody to death, and they rarely ever inflict any harm on themselves to try to cover it up. That's what's almost unique about this case is that he did get stabbed. And if he did it to try to make it look like there was a fight after he murdered her, that's, you know, another level of like sort of craziness. Yeah, I mean, you would really have to want it to hurt yourself and hurt yourself in such a grotesque way with this spear. It seems so specific. Yeah, I mean, you don't know when you're stabbing yourself or, again, having somebody stab you to try to cover it up, if you're going to survive a stabbing like that, even if you think you are, until you get stabbed, until police or an ambulance come, like, you really don't know if you're going to survive that. Connor, in KT Studios' upcoming podcast, Death Island, which you host and produce, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the police's story versus the victim's story versus the witness's stories. So, like, what can you tell us about, A, that podcast, but B, how much weight police put into what the witness or victim in this case is saying versus what the forensics of the case say, which in Jennifer and Kirk's case says that his blood was on top of hers, which was implied that he's lying. So Death Island is a podcast about an island in Thailand called Koh Tao. It's a diverse paradise with crystal clear water and beautiful beaches and some of the best diving in the world. It's also a place where in the last 20 years, there has been a string of just deadly murders, accidents, and also some deaths that just aren't really explained. And the one thing we see in all of the deaths, whether they are clear murders or accidents or something other on Kotao is that the police there don't really do much of an investigation. If anything, they spend as much time trying to cover up what happened as they do trying to uncover. And this is a perfect case here with, uh, with Kirk and his wife that there is blood evidence, there's DNA evidence, there's significant forensic evidence to help figure out what happened. That's available to police around the world. It's not just something that we have in the United States anymore. And in a place like Kotao, as we look at in Death Island, is that there's a lot of forensic evidence that says these deaths, particularly some of these so-called accident deaths, that there's a lot more to the deaths. And some of them are probably not accidents, but murders. And that's really why we're looking at Kotao as a story. And it's also why it got its name Death Island, because it's a place where tourists go to have a great time, and then they just sort of end up dying in all sorts of crazy ways. And I won't tell you too much about how they die, but it's been happening for 20 years now. And the one common thing that connects all of the cases on Kotao is really sloppy, lazy police work when there's clear physical and forensic evidence. So you think in, in this case of Jennifer and Kirk, the police should weigh what he's saying, but also look at the forensic evidence to kind of paint an accurate picture? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in police investigations, there, we have a lot of evidence about how blood splatter works, how DNA works, you know, the movements of people and, and where blood ends up on, on the wall and things like that if somebody gets stabbed. That probably doesn't lie. Whereas human beings, particularly if you're accused of murder, you probably are more likely to lie. And so police, I think, have uh, you know every reason to be suspicious of what Kirk is describing as the sequence of events before Jennifer got killed. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nearly two months after her death, Kirk was charged with first-degree murder. At the trial, the defense's star witness was Turner family friend Greg. Greg was described as a salt-of-the-earth, beer-drinking boy who, despite not having a formal education, was full of life experiences. Despite their differences, Greg and Kirk became best friends. The defense thought Greg held the key to the he-said-she-said case, but the prosecution thought differently. According to them, Greg was a liar who'd helped his friend cover up a brutal murder. When Greg finally took the stand, he was visibly nervous. Take a listen. Greg was so nervous, he broke his glasses. The prosecution pointed out that Greg told police that it was about 8 p.m. when he heard the screams and saw the bloody mess in the shed, but he didn't call 911 until 9.35. 
That's about 90 minutes that are unaccounted for. It was theorized that in that time, Kirk and Greg came up with a murderous plan. Greg explained the time mix-up with a simple, he got confused, which under the circumstances might be understandable. He did say he was certain he gave Jennifer CPR. You could even hear him on the 911 call saying it. The only problem was that there were no signs Jennifer had chest compressions. Greg also would have been covered in blood if he had knelt over her and given her CPR. She would have had bloody handprints on her chest, neither of which were there. Yeah, that tricky forensic evidence popping up here again, right? I mean, if you're giving chest compressions to somebody, you're going to be covered in blood and you're going to see that on the body. And so when you say you've done something to save somebody's life and it doesn't appear that you did, there's some inconsistencies in your story. At the trial, Kirk took the stand as well. Have a listen. Do you remember going into your pocket and no. getting your knife? No. I, I remember uh, going like this. Uh, do you remember Jennifer falling? No. Do you remember standing over her? I remember looking down, seeing her eyes. You do remember your wife's eyes being open when you killed her? I remember her laying on the floor and seeing her eyes and they were open. The defense looked to the blood evidence as proof that Kirk was innocent. They pointed the jury to the fact that Kirk kept his knife in his front right pocket, which was smeared with blood. Their DNA tests revealed that inside the pocket were traces of Kirk's blood and Kirk's alone, meaning Kirk must have already been stabbed when he reached in to get the knife in self-defense. So I guess to clarify on this, what they're saying is that if he really had killed Jennifer first with the knife, there wouldn't be any blood in the pocket because his hands would have been clean when he pulled the knife out. And because his blood was in there, Jennifer had already attacked him with the spear and he was, you know, flailing around trying to get the knife out. And that's definitely possible. There's probably other circumstances that might have happened as well. They might have got into a fight. They might have been screaming and yelling. She might have hit him or maybe he hit her first. Like, it's hard to know exactly what happened before you start stabbing people because there's there's definitely a possibility that other things happened as well. After six hours of deliberation, the jury found Kirk not guilty. Kirk was overcome with joy. Wendy, his daughter, stormed out of the courtroom. When asked about the verdict, jurors said that they thought the blood in the pocket was all the proof they needed. They also seemed to love Greg and thought the prosecutor was too angry. At least two of the jurors also carried pocket knives, one the exact same model that Kirk had, and another carried an even bigger knife. A few years later in 2010, Jennifer's sister filed a civil suit against Kirk. It was eventually dropped before going to trial, which implied that it had been settled. In 2018, Kirk filed a suit against the State Bureau of Investigation claiming they framed him for murder. That case was settled out of court to the tune of $200,000. So whether or not Kirk killed his wife, Jennifer, he ended up having to probably pay her sister something for it, but then ended up getting $200,000 from the State Bureau of Investigation. It kind of seems gross in that sense. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy who had a lot of money and the option to pay a civil suit to Jennifer's sister or to go to jail having been convicted of murder, as painful as it might be to pay somebody, uh, it's way more painful to be in prison. So I'm sure to a certain extent, uh, he's relieved that he wasn't convicted and that the only thing, punishment he essentially had to deal with was paying some money to Jennifer's sister. And as an investigative reporter, 
I mean, you've probably covered a lot of trials in your career. I'm curious what your take is on the jury, because I always thought the jury is just supposed to be impartial and look at evidence and facts. But in this case, it sounds like they personally attached themselves to Greg and also probably related to Kirk because they themselves are knife carriers. I mean, is that allowed or is that you can't really stop that, I guess? Or what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I think any jury, just like any prosecution or defense or even judge, brings their own history and biases into the courtroom. You know, juries are supposed to set that aside. But if somebody has a personal experience with carrying a knife around and and what that might be like to bring it out in self-defense or to, to keep it in your pocket... You know, they're not going to forget that stuff. So I guess it's not surprising that, you know, members of the jury would think that Kirk was innocent. But it does seem that they overlooked or at least set aside a whole lot of other physical evidence that would maybe paint a very different story and and focus solely on the personal connection that they had with Kirk as well, which it does seem as if that there is a lot more to this case than just whether or not there was blood on a pocket knife as you pulled it out of your pocket. Right, there's so much more going on that it seems like they almost simplified it too much. You know, I think if you're a defense attorney, you want to simplify it and paint the picture that best serves your client. And prosecutions, I think, want to do that as well, uh, as much as they can, where they want to simplify the narrative, the story, the motive particularly. I think both lawyers on each side are are trying to simplify it for juries that, you know, maybe aren't as experienced as other people who cover trials or participate as defense or um, prosecution attorneys. You want to make it simple for them. And and that that simplification, I think you see that here in this case. Yeah, I also think this is a good example of the defendant and Greg in this case are able to be in court and the jury is able to connect with them and feel their presence, whereas Jennifer, the victim, is just that. She's a victim, and so the jury's not able to really feel a connection with her, and ultimately they sided with Kirk. Yeah, I think you're right. and I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the humanization of Kirk is pretty clear in this, whereas there isn't any real humanization of Jennifer um, in the way that the trial was, you know, conducted. Let's stop here for another break. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the once enviable family irrevocably torn apart, the couple's daughter Wendy still has no relationship with her father or brother. Wendy likes to remember her mother when she was happiest, riding a horse with her blonde hair blowing in the wind. It's a memory she holds tight. Kirk is still practicing dentistry in North Carolina. Well, Connor, thanks for joining us. And in addition to the Death Island podcast that we discussed, you also have another podcast that's out now called Lords of Soccer. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, if you're a fan of true crime, the Lords of Soccer is all about the largest criminal corruption case in global history. And that's the case that was brought by U.S. prosecutors against FIFA. These are the guys that run the World Cup. They're really the most powerful sporting enterprise in the world. And the U.S. Department of Justice have prosecuted more than 50 people as part of this. But the Lords of Soccer is really more than just a 2015 criminal case. It's actually about FIFA's long history of racism, sexism, and a criminal enterprise that was run for decades that also led these, these soccer businessmen to do deals with some of the most violent dictators in the world, from South American dictators to Middle Eastern dictators. And so this story, The Lords of Soccer, is a true crime story about a huge amount of corruption that also unfortunately led to a huge amount of death and loss of life around the world, all in the pursuit of soccer profits. And it's really interesting, Connor, because myself personally, am not a soccer fan, but you can really get into this story and this podcast without knowing much about the sport. Yeah, it's not a soccer podcast. It's not a sports podcast. It's definitely a, um, a look at how criminal enterprises start and how they grow. And, and when the Department of Justice filed charges against all these soccer officials, they described FIFA, the guys who run the World Cup, as a criminal mafia-like organization. I mean, if you think about that, that's kind of uh, a crazy thing to say about Major League Baseball or the NFL or any or the NBA, right? I mean, that's what FIFA is. That's, the, that's their sort of peers. But that's exactly what prosecutors described FIFA back in 2015. And, and the reality is, is their criminal enterprise, their criminal activity goes back for decades. And that's what Lords of Soccer is all about. And tell us, Connor, where we can find the podcast. So Lords of Soccer, How FIFA Stole the Beautiful Game is available pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And it's distributed and, and um, produced by iHeart 
Radio and iHeartMedia. Great. And where can we find you on social media? I am on Twitter at Connor, C-O-N-O-R-M, Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, all one word. So Connor M. Powell. And I'll be tweeting about Lords of Soccer, about Crazy in Love, and also about the upcoming podcast that we have coming out this fall called Death Island, about this string of just sort of horrific murders and deaths on the beautiful Thai island of Koh Tao. Shameless plug. If you're enjoying Crazy in Love, leave us a review. And listen to season three of our hit series, The Piketon Massacre. Episodes air every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. Crazy in Love is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, Chris Graves, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Crazy in Love is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Stay safe, lovers. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.